When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. This is your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 44. This is a special Thanksgiving episode, and I am releasing it early so I can go spend time with my family and my dog, who has a broken toe. I didn't even know that was a thing that could happen. Anyway, my first guest is Dr. James Mercer, who is the author of the memoir, Secrets and Shame. He's also the person who helped um, put through Brandy Redmond's adoption of baby Bruin, and he runs Lone Star Social Services in Texas. He also happens to be friends with many of the housewives, especially in Dallas, but also Emily Simpson in the OC, and he joined her for Watch What Happens Live last Monday. And so that was a lot of fun to chat about. Then going to do a brief recap of Real Housewives of Atlanta, and then a nice message from Captain Sandy about ways to give back this Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a very special Thanksgiving episode 44. I'm here with Dr. James Mercer. Hello, hello. He is back. So some of you may remember him from The Real Housewives of Dallas. He was he works with the Lone Star Foster and Adoption Agency, and he helped with Brandy's adoption. He's also friends with many of the housewives, including um, the new housewife, Emily Simpson, on the OC. And I think, were you with her um, last week when she was on Watch What Happens Live? I was. We had the most amazing time. Oh my God. I love Watch What Happens Live. It's like my favorite thing ever. And I'm obsessed with Andy Cohen. (laughs) It's very therapeutic. It's so nice. And it was so cute that Shane called in. Wasn't it? Like I really, I, as soon as the 
the show ended, I asked Emily, I said, did you tell him to call? And she was like, of course not. And I'm like, that's beautiful. That makes it, I mean, like, I wanted to cry. But I really thought he was going, during the show, I was hoping when he said, it's Shane, I have a question. I thought he was going to say, let's do another baby. Oh, God, no. Um, I just feel like he's gotten a really bad edit and maybe he's just not meant for television, but it, this showed a bit that he cared for her. Cause it's, it doesn't come across on TV. I mean, you assume two people who've been married for 10 years are happy. Um, especially when they're talking about expanding their family, <laughs> but he just doesn't, he just doesn't have that sort of gravitas on TV He kind of. It doesn't seem to be his thing. Whereas his mom just shines. Oh, Perry is, honey, she, I mean, Andy couldn't give her her own show. But I would love to see Perry and Mama D out on the yeah, town. I was fixing to say the exact same thing. <laughs> because Mama D is the, I mean, the matriarch. I mean, she is the top of the top, the best thing since, you know, sliced bread. And um, having them two together, that would be a phenomenal show. Unbelievable. Maybe throw in Patricia from um, Southern Charm. Oh, my God. We need to do, like, a Grand Dame of Bravo. You Ooh, know, like, all the I don't Grand think, I don't think the, the Bravo fans are ready for that. <laughs> I don't know if we could handle it, but I would love 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 to see them at least like going out for cocktails and playing bridge i bet you can make an entire (laughs) episode just of that (laughs) absolutely the conversations behind it is what i would be living for oh my god they have such like life experience and so many husbands between all of them (laughs) (laughs) that is so true so wanted to get into this week's episode which was crazy enough the finale and also want to get your thoughts on the reunion so this finale before it started i've been hearing a lot of rumors that shannon is the rudest housewife to producers and to fans have you heard anything about this you know i've heard the same rumor i don't i've never met shannon but i've heard the exact same rumors from multiple people so i guess i mean if multiple you know points of interest so to speak or saying it there there has to be some truth somewhere behind it yeah i would hope that um that it's not true just because you know no matter where you are in life i being good as to one another is so much easier and it takes so much less energy than being rude and hateful but when you're experiencing pain, sometimes you take that pain out on others. And I'm wondering if she always has been this way or if she's kind of gotten what Aaron Martin and I call the housewife derangement syndrome, where after about season three, you think you're way more special than you are and way more famous than you are. And you expect a certain level of treatment that is just like should be afforded to Meghan Markle. (laughs) (laughs) Who, so by the way, into the, probably you know, wouldn't want that treatment, you know? Correct. So we're going to have to get the DSM to put that in there. Yes. I really think housewives derangement syndrome is a thing. In the <laughs> updated version six of the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Psychological <laughs> Disorders, which I feel like I should just keep on my coffee table as I watch Bravo shows. I'm terrible. I love an armchair diagnosis. Absolutely. Like, have you been watching 
below deck at all. You know, so I get to watch it every once in a while, and I just, I, I, I love, love, love the show. It's so fun. It is so fun. But there is a new stew, a third stew named Carolyn, who's just like textbook, like lots mm-hmm. of different personality disorders, mm-hmm. and it actually is really hard to watch. She would be who I would want to hang out with <laughs> because I would, I would feel more, I would feel a lot more secure with myself. <laughs> yeah, I know. So the episode of the OC, the finale is with mainly centered around Emily's femme fatale party right. where it's kind of an interesting theme for mother's day. They all bring mm-hmm. their mothers, which is interesting. And they're wearing these sort of seductive, type clothing um emily looks gorgeous as always oh, yes yes and not yes. get over and especially her hair i am obsessed with her hair i think she has, i, I she tweeted has very 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 sexy hair i we, when we were on watch what happens live i had told her i said i love julius which is you know he does many of the bravo liberties hair and i said i love him do not let him cut your hair. I, I want it long. I want you to just keep growing it. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's perfect. It's beautiful. So the really emotional part is that her mom reunites with her this week. And her mom has not been out to visit California in five years and hasn't even left her house once um, over the past year. She lives in Ohio. And because of all of this, has not met Emily's sons. So that was just really hard to hear. But Very to emotional. see her reunite with her daughter and to see her be with her grandchildren really seems like a step in the right direction. Absolutely. We can only hope that, you know, a relationship builds and grows and becomes grounded throughout that. You know, we all want to be loved by our parents, you know, more than anything. So whenever a child watches their parents go through such, you know, difficulties in life it's a it's a hard thing to watch so i, I this episode was very emotional yeah. i'm just seeing um emily with her mom and the the children and the boys so i mean you know bravo to her for just being so brave and vulnerable sharing that moment with the rest of us yeah because a lot of us go through similar things but mm-hmm. we're so intimidated or um worried or inferior of what people are going to think of us right and emily really she just she just did it, it. To, yeah, yeah she just did it Now, what I think is going to end up becoming an issue on the reunion is that Emily had mentioned throughout the season that there were traits in Shannon that reminded her of her mother. And she'd been very vocal that her mother suffered from mental illness, depression, and that that had had a big impact on her childhood. And only recently has she been getting treatment. And I think Shannon finally confronts her and this finale about it. And Emily, you know, apologizes for if Shannon was hurt, but I don't think she apologized for saying what she said because it is her perception. perception. Well, you know, I think that the whole thing was taken out of content. Mm -hmm. She did not diagnose Shannon and, you know, you can rewatch it. You can replay it. She, she never diagnosed Shannon having, any illness, nor would she make a mockery of it. She simply, you know, made a statement that there's certain similarities 
that is bringing pause or concern to her. And Emily said it from a state of like how Shannon's behavior is impacting her, Emily. Exactly. You know, and she's not, she did, you know, there was no maliciousness there. In my opinion, having seen Emily describe and discuss it, it was just, it was coming from a point or a place of genuine concern and just, this is what I've seen. And, and honestly, I feel like the tears were more of, I'm hoping this is not what's happening to her because no one deserves that. Because um, having known Emily for the amount of time I've known Emily, she is the furthest from uh, Melissa. She's she's a genuine, kind, giving, loving soul. So I think she she entered with a place of compassion and caring and concern and, um, you know, hurt people, hurt people, and they twisted and a twist kept twisting and twisting and it exploded. So, and Shannon just, I think when someone says something about you that is so wildly untrue, it doesn't sting very much because you're like, well, they can say that, but mm-hmm. it's not true and no one else sees it, you know. But exactly. with this, there is a, a little bit of truth to it. Not that Shannon has some diagnosis that we all understand, just that her behavior is not acceptable. It's erratic. It's erratic. Her behavior, you know, and you know, and as you know, we only get to see a portion of the show, right? Because these these ladies are filming, you know, eight twelve hours a day, four days a week, sometimes more, sometimes less. Whatever they're whatever. They're needing to piece together a story for us Bravo fans to watch and to, you know, maintain that um, attachment to. So they're filming a lot. So, you know, I mean, some of her behaviors could be just stemming from exhaustion from the show on top of the exhaustion from, you know, her significant other, you know, swerving. Yeah, I think that Shannon has kind of really lost it she Uh has a altered perception of who she is and what others think of her and seems to it really saddens me because she was my like favorite on the franchise going into this i loved her i think she i think there's a little bit of you know some pomp and pompousness in there that she believes that she's entitled or empowered i i I would i feel that that could possibly be her but i feel that you know hurt people hurt people and if you don't process certain emotions that you're going through or facing at that moment and you put it on the back burner the fire just gets bigger and bigger and when the fire continues to grow you and you are trying to put it out a week later it's going to be – it's harder to put out, and I don't think Shannon addresses things until she is backed in a corner and people are all pointing at her and telling her, you are wrong, and enough's enough, and then she wants to say, okay, okay. But whenever she says, okay, I understand and I'm going to fix it, it's kind of just like you know telling a 17-year-old kid they cannot date. I mean you're going to say okay just to get the conversation to stop, but at the end of the day, you're going to – you know you're going to do what you want to do. Yep. It just was so interesting to me. So Tamara, first of all, Shannon calls others like a potster. She called <laughs> she called Gina a potster, but really Tamara, everyone knows, is the potster. And she forced a conversation between Gina and Shannon that like neither of them wanted to have. And Shannon, this is her exact wording. I blew up at a dinner party after a few shots, but I am mentally sane. <laughs> 
It is not mentally sane (laughs) to not speak to people for 24 hours and, like, not film a show that you're contractually obligated to film just because your friends approached you with concern. Right. Well, you know, you know, it's the ostrich syndrome. You you bury your head and hope the crap will pass. Right. When it doesn't. Well, you're still, like I said, you don't put out the fire then and there. You're dealing with a much bigger one later, and it came back at her. And she, you know, she's very concerned about this medical label. Like, you do not put a medical label on me if you do not have a medical license and have not actually met me. And that is very much true. She also pointed out that Emily threatened to kill Kelly earlier this season. I, she said those words. Those are terrible words, but she didn't actually mean them. You know, that is so true. You know, when people say, I will kill you, it's, I mean. You shouldn't say it. You shouldn't say it. so true. You should not say it probably. No, not probably. You should not say it. But, you know, in the content, you know, know, Emily should not have said it. You are right. But she didn't literally mean, I'm going to kill you. Right. Right. You know she didn't mean it, Mm -hmm. but she shouldn't have said it. And she knows that. She shouldn't have said it. But at the same time, I think Shannon's focusing so much on everyone calling her names that she's not actually focusing on, you know what? Maybe I have a problem. And maybe what I'm doing to fix it isn't enough. Maybe I need new tools in my toolkit to deal with my divorce and my pain and my anger. And you know, that's brilliantly stated. But you know how the story goes. People who have a problem, quote-unquote problem, or an issue, or an ailment, whatever the case is, it's easier to point the fingers as to, I'm an alcoholic because you make me drink. I'm always angry because you make me angry. People don't own their stuff truly and s- seek assistance for their behaviors. They, It's easier to blame you, I, I drink because of you, or I, whatever the case is, is because of you. It's easier to do that. Or anyone going through a divorce like this would act the exact same way. And as my neighbor Robert said on the last podcast, nope, I didn't act that way. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, some kind of there was some humor in this episode which i really did appreciate mainly coming from kelly dodd who is right. one of my favorites she just brings it in terms of housewives she's good, she's good tv she is good tv so she brings this date named alex who's 35 years old he's mm-hmm. also from ohio and she makes comments throughout the entire evening that are so inappropriate to like in front of everyone's mother like i'm trying <laughs> It's priceless. Um, She tells Emily's mom, she's like, oh, my date's also from Ohio. He's Big Dick Daddy from Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, she keeps using these, like, words. It is so funny. She's who I would want to be. Like, I would want to be able to be vulgar and just uh, just say whatever I want to say. And the guy was having a blast. He thought this was hilarious. He's like, who is this woman? <laughs> so, but it's just, you know, funny to see her with the younger, attractive guy who is like, okay, I'll hang out at this femme fatale party with a bunch of women in their 50s to 80s. <laughs> You know, I'm hoping that her and Michael get back. I, 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 I is it just me? Yeah. Like, I really. It's a good question. I think that they're really good co-parents, right? But they did not seem to when they were together. There was just a lot of anger 
and mm-hmm. a lot of like they were always mad at each other mm-hmm. and i feel like when you spend that many years with someone and you don't have a way to resolve you're like con- constantly in a being angry that's not great for jolie and i think that's what they realized right. is that they want her to see their parents get along and co-parent instead of constantly complain about the other and yell and fight you know i just i i you know i just i i I think about the kid and i'm like you know being together keeping parents together just for the sake of keeping them together for the kid is that healthy no not all the time i just miss seeing them together that's so selfish (laughs) no i know i really liked seeing them together in the episode last week where they're watching jolie's production of oliver but I don't feel like that's what they were like in their marriage. Right. And so maybe this space allows them to have like a much better, I don't know what it is, if it's a friendship, if it's every once in a while a fling, but they're there for Jolie and seem so proud of the fact that they've raised their daughter so well. And she's so well-rounded and happy and compassionate and Absolutely. artistic. And it's beautiful to see. And it's Absolutely. And it's beautiful. Um, But wanted to also get your thoughts on what's going to happen with the reunion. Because the trailer came out this week. It is insane. So (laughs) at one point, Vicky, who, God bless Vicky. I, she shows up at this party in this episode 10 days after having a facelift. She has staples in the side of her head and she still goes to this party. Um, priorities. Hello. Priorities. <laughs> she is, she's very open and raw and honest. And the one thing I like about Vicky and something that Andy Cohen has said is she is the same on camera, off camera, in person, backstage like it's she's just is who she is is vicky vicky is vicky and that i appreciate because i don't think all of them are like that but she does say something to kelly in the preview where kelly is like look in the mirror (laughs) and then vicky goes well i don't do cocaine (laughs) (laughs) implying that kelly does and does it off of a mirror (laughs) 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 which is like the cocaine accusations that have happened over the last few years on these Bravo franchises, right. like people are doing cocaine. I don't mm-hmm. know why every once in a while someone wants to throw someone under the bus for it. <laughs> it I don't think any of the people who've been accused have a particular problem with it. Right. It's but 2018. Let's. It's already been. The accusations have already been made before. Let's create something new and let's move forward. Yeah, it's it's just. So I'm excited to see that. What are you looking forward to in the reunion? This reunion, I am really looking forward to Gina, um, coming out and you know letting setting the record straight. Like she's you know. She's from Long Island. Don't, you know, she's been pushed and she's been looked at as the new girl with no voice and she's young and she's not as experienced. Gina's not to be effed with, you know. The the girl's not as dumb as what some of her castmates or what a lot of the viewers may think. This girl, I think she's going to surprise us at the reunion. And I think Emily is going to come out and really, you know... She's going to have a voice, and I think she's going to be loud and proud. Well, she's so got I'm her forward to that. receipts because she's got a book of them, a binder of, of all of her 
I don't know what she's got in there, but it's probably things that have been said word for word, and she's looking at this kind of like as a lawyer would would look at it. Listen, when you attend Andy Cohen University, you you know you don't disappoint Daddy. <laughs> you don't disappoint you, Daddy. <laughs> you bring yourself to class on time, if not earlier, and you you be prepared. So if Emily is doing as you know, she should, and as I'm hoping she will, I hope that her receipts are abundant. And I hope that Andy is floored with the amount of detail she brings. <laughs> I believe she will bring the detail. Oh, I think she will too. So before we get into the real stuff of Adoption Month, I wanted to get just a few of your brief thoughts since you're based in Dallas and you're friends with so many of the ladies from Dallas. Yes. What do you think of this season and how do you think things are going to play out with Deandra and Leanne and Cameron? Ooh, you know what? You, I, you just give, you give me cold chills. Oh, you know, it, it, the, I love, love, love these ladies. Um, you know, I have a deep-rooted friendship with Stephanie, as as we've talked in previous um, um, shows about. Um, she's been a good friend of mine for a very long time throughout the social field, social work field, and then you know, being so honored and blessed to help Brandy Redman adopt that beautiful baby boy, which just keeps growing and growing and growing, and he's just so handsome and. Watching how happy the entire family is has just, it, it truly reinforces, you know, we're really good at what we do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it just brings so much joy. And the Leanne and Deandra thing really breaks my heart. You know, when you have a friendship of that magnitude and you, um, you know, you, you watch it fall apart, you know, you can't help but t- wonder, is it, is it, t- is it the TV that's making them do it? Is it the fame and the fortune? Is it the, what is it that's making it? So, you know, I, but I will tell you this, I, I love them all, but Deandra's my girl and I, okay. I have to, I stand with Deandra. Um, she is the, you know, there was a recent article about her talking about nonsense fake stuff and um it's so disgusting i'm not even gonna repeat it it's just ridiculous an article about deandra correct um it's just you know just that she's um anti-gay and if you know deandra simmons you know deandra simmons is not Yep. Deandra Simmons is a very proud supporter of the LGBTQ community. I know that she does a lot. And if I had her permission, I would tell you just exactly how much time, energy, money, and effort she has put into the LGBTQ center with our agency and everything she's done with the youth there. So whenever I read articles that are fictitious or not fully researched, it's it's a little heartbreaking. Yeah. You know? Um, she's, she's really been put through the ringer this season. Mm-hmm. Last season was a beautiful one for her. This one's a little bit rough, but my girl's strong. She showed more of herself. She showed more of the not great parts of herself. When she fights, she fights kind of dirty and it looks like she doesn't have the best communication skills for resolving problems. She either just avoids it or blows up and, I don't know if she does that in all of her friendships, but with Leanne, it was like she would avoid her and then eventually like blow up, but then say, I care about you. But then when she was saying, I care about you, she was also saying things that were hurtful to Leanne that she should know were hurtful to Leanne. 
Yeah, you know, and I and I think with that, Mandy, it's like you know, you when you deal with or not deal with when you have a relationship such as Deandra and Leanne that has been created moons ago. Mm-hmm. You can, it's it's kind of you know, it's hard to just walk away or to argue and not allow the hurt that you're feeling to be pushed onto that other person. And I think that there's a lot of hurt there. And I, and I hope and pray that the two of them can find some sort of resolve. And I hope that whether they get back to where they were and pick up or at least find a a solution to move forward in a healthy manner. I couldn't figure out why she was so upset with Leanne though. It's like she came into the season being upset with Leanne Mm -hmm. and she made it seem that she was just oh Leanne's lying about her relationship but that's not a reason to be upset with a friend that's like shouldn't hurt Deandra personally I couldn't figure out what it was I feel like it's something that happened off camera right you know and I think that's where a lot of us are at we're kind of trying to figure out what happened what exactly happened and you know if you're like me I'm, I'm sitting on the sideline patiently waiting for the reunion <laughs> to get here to yes. see where we're at and if we're okay and if if we're going to be able to p- pull it back together or if it's just going to take some time take you know time. but i think that with any relationship you're going to experience the good you're going to experience the bad and at the end of the day um you know I, hopefully next season because you know andy made a comment um i forget the talk show but he made a comment that dallas yes, is going on nowhere. the view on the view. Thank you. So he said it's going nowhere. So thank you, Andy, for that because we love our Dallas ladies and we hope yes. that they, um, I want, I wish them an immense amount of success and hope and pray that that happens for them. Um, they're all very much deserving and I think they all bring a, a spiciness that um, keeps us wanting more. And um, I, I just, I'm rooting for them and I hope that they, wherever God leads them, I hope that it's exactly where they're meant to be. So Me too. I'm just going to root for them. Well, speaking <laughs> of Dallas and the whole charity scene, it's Thanksgiving week and I wanted to do something about giving back. And not only is it Thanksgiving week, it is Adoption Awareness Month. And so wanted to hear a bit more about your agency, Lone Star, and what just listeners can do to support adoption and foster care. You know, even if they're not able to adopt or foster, what can they do this month and through the holiday season and beyond? You know, I love the fact that you you bring this up. You know, November is the most amazing month for me besides June because that's when my kids were born. But um, anyway, so November is amazing. You know, it's adoption month. We are doing so many adoptions and these children are getting out of the foster care system and they are forever placed in their forever home. And it's the most amazing thing that you could ever witness. And I've been posting a lot on my social media about the videos and the pictures. And, you know, we dress up in costume, just anything that we can do to make these children's day a little bit better. Because, you know, I I tell a lot of people that during the adoption process, it's a beautiful and a sad thing, you know, for you wanting for you, the adoptive parent or parents, it's the most amazing day in the world. But for that child, it's a loss. Mm-hmm. They're no longer the birth parents. And and it, this holds true mainly to the older children. They 
there's a loss. They know that today I'm being adopted and I'm grateful for my new parents, my dad and dad, mom and mom, mom and dad, whatever the case is, I'm, I'm grateful for them. But on the same note, I'm also, it's, I'm losing my birth parents. And it, it's difficult for kids, and uh, we we see that and we experience it, and it's hurtful. But um, um, like I said, it's uh, this month is a beautiful month, and we do get to help these children get out of the care of the state and into a permanent loving home. No more paperwork, no more social workers coming over twenty four seven. It's just a beautiful thing. So um, we're, we've been super blessed to be a part of so many different adoptions. Um, Almost a hundred, or a little over a hundred adoptions this month. Wow! Yes, so That's we so have amazing. been very busy. So a lot of people are like, "Wow, you're up at three o'clock in the morning tweeting." Yes, I'm up at three in the morning. I can't wind down because I just <laughs> typing adoption reports all night. But I'm, we're very blessed with it. But a lot of people, you know, we are we're always looking for foster parents, adoptive parents. But we understand that sometimes it's just not right for certain people. But, um, you know, I, I beg people all the time, if you can go to our website at LoneStarSocialServices.com and make a donation. Uh, there's a little red button that says make a donation. You know, if people can make a monetary donation, we can help these children that do come into foster care that have no clothes, no no articles, no items, to be able to get them a care case and get their suitcase with their pillow and a blanket and toothbrush, toothpaste, all the things that we take may not think about. These kids are coming into care with nothing. And if we can pull together and continuously raise funds to help provide each kid with something of their own. It's, it, it truly does make a difference. It totally does. And I just, my heart broke reading your memoir, Secrets and Shame, because you talk about a lot of the things that you didn't have growing up and how you were hungry so much of the time. And even, um, you know, taking your neighbor's mattress that they had left out and, and cleaning it and bleaching it and then making it your own so you could actually have right. a bed. It just, you you know, people like me who grew up with all the things, you just, you can't imagine what it's like. And so knowing that there's so many children out there that don't have the basic necessities and need, you know, loving, caring homes, you know, as much as we can do to help, I think there's a lot of people out there that will hopefully be giving to Lone Star this um, giving season and, and year round because it's not just once a year. Yeah, our, you know, um, the holidays are, you know, we are, we, I, I, listen, I become a professional beggar during the holiday season. Like, <laughs> I will, I will clean your garage if I have to, if you can donate a few dollars to, not really because I'm way too busy, so I don't want to make a promise I can't keep, but, you know, I would love to clean a garage for a few extra dollars to get these children a suitcase or a pillow because the holidays are, the, it's, you know, it's, it's sad. You, you're, spending holidays sometimes with a complete stranger and you don't have the love and the connection with your your family and now you may not be connected with your siblings because we may have had to have separated based on whatever the case is so it's a difficult time and it is that way all year round and um, we just constantly pray and beg and hope that there's enough people in the world that will help and give back to our future. You know, these children are our future, and I want to make sure that our future is protected with um, amazing citizens, and it starts with us. 
And, you know, I, I just hope and pray that we can have more people um, on board that understand the need. Well, thank you so much. So where can people read your book, Secrets and Shame? Well, I got it on Amazon, so <laughs> that's so, where uh, I got it. You know, I always but... recommend Amazon because, you know, the, the cool thing with Amazon is every time a, a book's purchased, a five-star review, you know, a $5 donation's made to um, our nonprofit. And that is another, you know, $5 goes far when you buy, you know, 50-cent tubes of toothpaste, you know, for these kiddos. And uh, it's 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 a blessing. So, um, you know, I my memoir took a long time to write. It um it was a lot of pain, reliving a lot of the of my past, you know, growing up in foster care and um wanting and searching and belonging to, you know, find my place to be loved and accepted. And um I get to give back and thank God Amazon does too. So I would always recommend Amazon to get Secrets and Shame Dear Oprah Diaries. And where can we find you online? So I am on Facebook at Dr. James Mercer. I am Instagram at um, James underscore Mercer underscore PhD. Twitter at Dr. James Mercer. Or you can always go to my website at LoneStarSocialServices.com. Well, thank you so much. And I wish you and your family a very happy Thanksgiving. You too, my friend. It's always a pleasure. And thanks for having me. It's it's always a great time. You'll be back. So this week's Real Housewives of Atlanta was just full of shade. It starts with Portia and Ava going to work out. Portia, by the way, is hilarious in every situation. I have no idea how watching someone work out could be funny, but I was just laughing. Oh, man. So Ava decides to kind of shade Marlo a bit. She's mentioning different kinds of relationships, how Greg... And Nini have been married for so many years, but how Marlo is 42 and single. She's just sh- like throwing a little shade in there, and I can tell where things are going. Then we have this really tough scene to watch with Nini and Greg when they go to a hospital in Houston to get options for his cancer treatment. Now, the good news is, is that when he had his colon removed, they actually got rid of all of the cancer. But unfortunately, you can't be entirely sure that the cancer is gone because there always could be microscopic amounts of cancer cells that could later grow into cancer. So the doctor tells them, you know what, I think your best option is to do chemotherapy and it will reduce the risk that cancer could come back by half. But Greg decides actually that chemotherapy at this moment is not the right option for him. He's already very weak and he's worried about getting weaker and he's seen what chemotherapy has done to people. And if his scans show he's cancer free, he's kind of willing to maybe chance it. And it was interesting, Cynthia Bailey came over to be supportive and they talked through you know, different things and holistic healing. And it was just nice that she said, you know what, I'm just, this is his decision and I'm here to be supportive of Greg. But she kind of almost implied that she maybe would have made a different decision. I thought that compared to all of these other doctors that are shown in Bravo, that this doctor in particular had wonderful bedside manner. He explained things so calmly, so carefully, with such kindness, and he said stuff that I don't hear very often on Bravo, which is about, you know, alternative medicine, you know, there is no effective, 
you know, studies showing that it works in this particular setting for this particular type of cancer. But we do support patients who integrate alternative medicine into their Western medicine routines. He does mention that the big picture is that this is beatable and it's something that they can fight and not to lose sight of that. When Cynthia did visit Greg and Nini at their home, um, Nini casually dropped that she'd been talking to Tony Braxton to get the name of her wellness person. And her wellness person suggested having these healing trees in their house. So they were unpacking these healing trees. It gave me a chuckle that she had to name drop Tony Braxton. But hey, props to Nini for having so many friends in high places. Then the rest of the episode was really dedicated to talking about girl groups from the late 90s. So we get to meet Shamari, and she was in the group Black from the late 1990s. That group was discovered by um, Left Eye from TLC. So we know that Shamari and Candy are acquaintances, but it doesn't seem like they're like really close friends. But I think that they get along. Now, Shamari is married to... Ronnie DeVoe of New Edition, and she brings this up all the time. I get New Edition was a big deal, is maybe still a big deal, but it seems as if these ladies and people are living in the late 90s, and it is 2018. I'm glad there's been a revival of Candy's Band. I'm really glad there's been a revival of Black. It's a lot of fun, but this whole idea of trying to one-up each other and shade each other over who's better, is it's just very silly. Also, Shamari seems to have a bit of like delusions of grandeur about her and her husband. She, they were currently recording a song or an album together. They were in the studio. It was really cute. But she did kind of reference them as the, you know, watch out Beyonce and Jay-Z. And these, this couple is no Beyonce and Jay-Z. Next, we're treated to a performance by Black at ATL Live, which happens once a month. And it was just really fun to watch. They were really cute. But again, it just felt like it was like 1998. Before they perform, they do a prayer circle. And it just makes me think they're ain't no prayer circle like a real Housewives of Atlanta prayer circle. They are so much better than the prayer circles from Orange County. Oh my God. So the performance was great. I think everyone had a lot of fun, but Nini Shea throws a little shade against Shamari, the new girl. So we'll see what happens with that. It seems like Eva throws a little shade as well. She kind of takes a dig at Shamia where she says she's black, but not with a Q, kind of implying that her skin color is darker, as if that's a bad thing. And it's something Candy picked up on that I probably wouldn't have noticed. I had to rewind and watch it again. And I definitely see what Ava was saying and don't think it is a nice thing to say, but hoping maybe she meant something else. So then the next scene is really interesting because you've got this juxtaposition of Candy with her friends, Carmen and Jamie, and they're gossiping about Dennis, Portia's new boyfriend. And at the same time, you've got a scene with Portia and her mom, Miss Diane, sharing how wonderful he is, how he gave her a Rolex watch, how he cooked for her, all of these things. And at that time, you're seeing Jamie say, hey, you know what? Dennis used to date my friend for like two and a half, three years. And then Candy's saying, 
actually, he dated people like throughout that time as well. And there seems to be a similar pattern. They call it cook, tattoo, watch. It works. So he cooks for the ladies, although one of them was saying that he actually hires someone to do the cooking. He gets a tattoo of their name and or face on his body and then gives them a Rolex watch. So it was funny to see Portia tell her mom, hey, look at he got a tattoo of himself and he's actually going to get my picture on his back. So he ain't going nowhere. Little does she know he's done this before, but maybe she doesn't care. Anyway, that's it for this week of Real Housewives of Atlanta. And next, we've got a message for you on how to give back from Captain Sandian of Below Deck Med. Well, I'm doing a episode for Thanksgiving where we're looking into giving back. And I wanted to know what, um, it sounds like you have a lot of charity work that you've done and things that you're really passionate about. And I wanted just to hear a bit about the Jacksonville School for Autism from you and why it matters to you. So uh, my nephew was diagnosed with autism. So my sister was a senior analyst for Johnson & Johnson. She had a big job, big career. And when the funding was taken away for children with autism to have uh, you know, one-on-one like specialized teachers. education, mm-hmm. right? That's right. When that was taken away, my sister actually sat in class with her son and Nick. Well, they call them elopers. Nick, I call him a runner. Nick was a runner. He would just take off, and uh, he. My sister's like, no way. My son, there's no way he could sit in a public school. So my sister left her career and with another mother, founded a school and started this school. She rented space from a church. She outgrew that space, and today, 15 years later, next um, in 2019, she will have a mat. She has a big school. She serves 60 families. People. She has a waiting list a mile long, and she's one of the things that she was able to do is everything that she tried to run through insurance was a big fat denial. So Michelle lobbied. They got laws passed. Now she has a clinical side where people, these kids, can get speech therapy. Uh, you know, and the insurance companies are getting billed. And now she's has a she's doing a vocational side, and now she's trying to raise money. She's raising money so she can get property to build a she, her school, a new school, a bigger school where also there's living facilities uh, where they uh, could live. Because a lot of parents, um, what if they get ill? What if they're you know my sisters, you know Nick. Nicholas is the catalyst for this school. If it wasn't for Nicholas, this school would not exist, nor would her vision. Mm-hmm. And because of Nicholas, my sister serves 60 families, and her next vision is she's going to have housing for these families if they get ill. Because my sister, if anything happens to her or my brother-in-law, where's Nick going? Right. And that's what my my sister thinks of. Well, that's really amazing. Yeah, it is. She's incredible. Like, she's my hero, for sure. And so this school, is it from like kindergarten or pre-K all the way? Yeah, it goes from pre-K all the way, you know, as long as they'll allow them to stay. My sister has no age limit. That's so amazing. I mean, obviously, I think it's, I don't, there's no 30-year-olds or, you know, Nick is 20, 20 or 21 and he's still there. I think they, Nick is probably the oldest one, but they're, you know, 
I think there may be an age limit. I have to ask for that part. So is it a tax-deductible donation? Is it a nonprofit? Yes. Yes, it's a not-for-profit. It's a tax deduction. And if you go to jsakids.org and you can donate. She's doing a big gala. I will be there, and I'm trying to get another cast member there from Below Deck in the first weekend in April. So she does a big golf tournament and gala. Um, oh, this is so beautiful. I'm on the website right now. And so there's all this information on ad- admissions, programs, parents, fundraisers, giving. So I will post about this on uh, Thanksgiving, about how people can support the Jackson School for Autism. But it's wonderful to hear how this has impacted your family, Sandy, and your nephew, Nicholas. And I'm sure it can help so many other, other families. Oh, my God, yes. Absolutely. And thank you. So that concludes this week's episode of Is This Real Life? Thank you so much for joining. Please be sure to subscribe on either iTunes or SoundCloud and follow on social media at ITRL underscore podcast. See you next week. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, price and coverage match limited by state law.